In this episode of The Ziggler Show, Ernest Hemingway, he's famously cited as saying, write drunk, edit sober. And amongst the writing community, it's an oft-quoted statement frequently depicted in film and story. Trouble is, he didn't say it. Well, in this episode, I'm back with one of my favorite all-time authors, Donald Miller, and we're talking about his habits. And one he shared was stopping the nightly beer. While he appreciates it, his best writing time is in the morning, and he feels the alcohol, even a little bit, slightly compromises his work. And that right there, I mean, that's the essence of good habits. When we have a reason big enough for us to make the healthier decision. I mean, if you're struggling to keep up a desired habit, obviously your motive isn't clear, isn't strong. Well, this is an interesting show though, as we talk about that. And uh, Donald is just so open, honest, and introspective, which is why he's sold millions of his memoirs. And we cover vices and heroes on a mission and mindset and the benefit of not knowing any better. And him considering if he has an obsessive compulsive disorder in relation to tacos, it was a fun and just really insightful discussion. And on the note of habits, to help your habits, Don invited us all to visit HeroOnAMission.com, where he provides a life plan and daily planner course, which is profound in helping with our habits. Welcome, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and I'm so privileged to host three podcasts that have now surpassed 50 million downloads. They're all for people who want to truly grow and change and find fulfillment and joy in their lives. This podcast is a Ziggler show where we focus on your professional development and succeeding in your career and business. And here I talk with people who have great professional success doing something they truly care about that serves others. Then every week I pose a professional or personal development question to the Ziggler audience and Tom Ziggler and I come together to have a conversation around the responses. In my motive podcast, we get to the root of our desires, our reasons, our motives fuel everything we do, yet we're generally unaware of them. In the latest episode, 20, I'm going to give you a massive paradigm shift by helping you take full responsibility for everything in your life simply by replacing one word you say, I do too, over and over all day long that's robbing us of our personal power and fulfillment. It sounds kind of gimmicky, but I just don't do gimmicks. It's just, it's just real. In the True Life podcast, we address your health and wellness. You are the vehicle for all you do. And if your body and mind are compromised, so are all of your efforts. In the latest episode, 63, we talk about the powerful effect in all of our lives from the number one drug on planet Earth we have all been addicted to, food. You can find all three shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or at my website, kevinmiller.co. Well, Don, as I mentioned, you're one of the few people I've had on the show uh, for a second time and a second habits. Last time we talked about this, it was a show, uh, and I forgot to put that, it was in the 400s. We're in, uh, we're, we're getting, uh, we're at 863 now. And habits, you know, November of 2017 is the last time we talked about them. I'm betting that since then, you have adopted <laughs> some new habits maybe gotten rid of some old habits. So, uh, that's true. you know, if I, if I, if I pose that, that's a different way of coming at it. If I pose that, what would you say are some primary new habits, new revelations that you've had in the past three years in regards to daily habits and routines for your health and wellness and success? Well, uh, I can think of three immediately. Uh, one is I started exercising every day and, uh, my schedule's so busy that if I'm writing a book, I often have to choose between exercise and writing. Uh, and, and so lately I've been writing a book and I've only exercised maybe half as much, but, you know, adding that and making that a priority, 
has been life changing for me. And, and usually what I do is I swim. And so that's also a met that's a, for me, it's, it's not even exercise, it's meditation, you know, so I'm, I'm certainly getting my heart up and it's great for my heart and health and all that kind of stuff. But to me, it's, it's one of the rare times I can actually be alone and get my head straight. So, so that's, that's one habit. Uh, the other habit that's been incredibly effective for me is getting up early. So, you know, I've always been somebody gets up, you know, before eight, but, uh, it is not uncommon for me to be up at four and 5 a.m. In fact, this morning I was up before 3 a.m. because I needed to get some work done. That, that's very rare, but that just happened to be this morning. Um, I, I'm so grateful, Kevin, that I married. I married a younger woman. I got married when I was 42. She was 30. And I, I'm, I, literally, we were in bed at 7.30 the other night. We had a laptop propped up, and we were watching some uh, Netflix show for about 30 minutes before we fell asleep. And I literally grabbed her by the hand and I said, baby, we found each other. I mean, there's no there's nobody else who would enjoy this. It's just us. And, uh, you know, so that that's another habit. Uh, sleep has become very important. Eight, eight to nine hours. You know, this, today I got six, but, you know, eight to nine hours is really important. And then, and then here's another one. You got me on a good topic here. It's a habit I gave up and that's alcohol. Uh, now, I haven't given it up, you know, religiously. Uh, I'll still have a beer every once in a while. But what I noticed was it was affecting my sleep. I, I just wasn't getting as great a night of sleep if I had a beer or two. And it, when you're doing mind work and, and you're doing the mind work in the morning, you know, I, I finally had to say to myself, look, you know, you can have a beer or two and it relaxes you and it's great. Uh, the work that you're going to do tomorrow isn't going to be as good. And, and somebody's going to pick up your book. And they're not going to have as great of an experience. And that's all I needed to hear. And, and I was done. Uh, occasionally, you know, it's Friday. I might have a beer tonight. But I, I, I guarantee you, I'll go to get that beer out of the fridge. I'll say, you know, I probably could write in the morning. I'll put it back. <laughs> so, you know, that's part of getting older. The, you know, you got to manage a body that's, uh, that's uh, not as, maybe as sharp as it used to be. But you leverage your wisdom and get more out of it anyway. But those are those are a few uh, uh, habits that have those changed are, in the last are years. <laughs> interesting to hear because uh, I adore my evening glass of wine or two. But same thing, if I was just well, you doing, know, if I wrote in the afternoon, well, that'd be fine. But I tend to write in the morning. It, so. And you're you're right, and it messes up. As a matter of fact, I recently I, I've actually got on two devices. I don't know if I should be proud of that, <laughs> uh, but one of them is is focus. One's you know kind of my performance and exercise stuff that I'm doing. The other one is sleep. And when I come off of alcohol, my resting heart rate goes down by about 10 beats per minute. So throughout the day, man, that's that's significant. Uh, so when you when you don't drink, your resting heart rate is lower. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can just amazing. I can just if I'm drinking and then if I go off, it'll just start to come down and it'll come down and plateau. And then if I have, you know, a weekend or it's the holidays or whatever, and I start doing it and my resting heart rate goes up. So my body's working, you know, working harder. And as you said, too, yeah, man, my creative work, it's just I don't know how people did that. I know they have the you know, some of the old fiction writers, you know, who were drunks. I don't know how, I don't know, I, you know but that. I, you know, I don't think those guys were all that productive. I mean, you know, the, they may have lived that way for a little while, but, uh, I don't think, you know, Hemingway couldn't write when he was drunk. Yeah. You know, and, and, and my guess is if he would have had a little bit less to drink, he would have, he would have been a better writer. Steinbeck was really, uh, really disciplined about, uh, his use of alcohol and, uh, you know, they say write drunk, edit sober, but uh -huh. I think if you write, if you write sober and edit sober, you get even better literature. I tend to agree. Maybe if you're 
writing about dragons and fairy tales, they can get, I, I don't know, but it does, it does not work for me. So that is one. Yeah. I've been paying attention to, uh, quite a bit as well as the, as the early mornings, you know, what, where, where do you fall, uh, nutritionally, anything changed there as of later? Do you have a routine that you stick with there? Do's and don'ts. Yeah. I, I don't remember when I started this habit because it's been a very long time, but, but I bet you it's been about three years. Um, I, I no longer eat breakfast. So I eat my first meal at noon and, uh, as I said earlier, I'm up early, so I'm usually at my desk uh, writing at 7 a.m. I will write till about 10.30, mm. uh, and uh, I don't miss food. I, I don't get hungry. I'm a little bit cranky, uh, but, I mean, when I eat, if I eat anything for breakfast, the words aren't as good. And the reason is the blood has gone to your, your stomach, and, and it's no longer as much blood in your brain. I mean, it's just a physical reality. Yeah. Uh, what, what that also means is intermittent fasting. It means that I can have a bigger lunch and a bigger dinner and burn it off the next morning. Uh, and, uh, and the other thing that I'm, I literally, you know, my, my wife and I had a conversation about this literally today. It's funny that you bring it up, but I have a feeling that sugar for me is going to go the way of alcohol. I'm just noticing that a chocolate chip cookie puts me in a mental fog uh, and you know, I hate, that's my favorite. I love sugar. I love desserts. And, uh, and so, but I think that I haven't had any in the last few days and I've just gotten really great writing done. You know, you, you, after a while you notice, you know, you, you don't need a dessert. You get 2000 words done the next day. You don't need a dessert. You, the next day you chocolate chip cookie, you get 300 bad words done. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait, I don't think this is just coincidence. I think yeah. the sugar is knocking me out. Yeah. So, um, what a blessing, though, you know, because obviously that's not healthy. And to, to love writing and love content creation so much that you'd be willing to give up arguably a vice yeah. ultimately is a, is a blessing. Thank God that hey, you know, he's given me some sort of reason to, you know, I'm 49 years old. My wife is, we're pregnant with our first child. Mm -hmm. So our baby girl's going to be born in June. And I'm sitting here going, you know, if I gave up sugar, she might have me another 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, there's some reasons, you know, you're not going to live forever. You hey, suddenly hit that age. So got, good habits are the key. I got you. I just, uh, I just turned 50 and, uh, you look, you look a lot younger than me. I don't know how you're pulling it off. I, I, I don't know. You got, you got, you got armbands on each thing measuring your constant maybe that, health. That's how maybe you're pulling that's, it off. That's it. But I appreciate what you said. You know, my, my dear friend and, and podcast host on one of my other shows, uh, Dr. Randy James, he talks about the blessing of pain. Thank God that your yep. body's telling you, man, I do not like that. Sugar is another one that I do. I do dark chocolate. That's just about it. Uh, because it messes up my digestion and that messes up my sleep. And I'm a sleep Nazi. I just, I cannot handle, I, I, I can't do my work. Cause as yours is my work is, is 95% creative and man, I just can't do it yeah. without sleep. So whatever will guard my sleep, you, you know, you talk about writing, uh, and you mentioned three hours or so, and it was, I had on, um, uh, Charles Martin. Do you know Charles fiction? No, writer? I don't believe I do. Yeah. Um, he is, he is my top fiction writer for redeeming stories. Can I say that? Mm. Uh, yeah. he is a Christian guy, but he doesn't write, uh, 
he writes mainstream stuff and uh, he's got movies being made about the stuff, but it's a similar thing. You know, he gets up early and writes those long things. I talked to somebody recently who did the ascribe to the, Hey, every day, you know, write this many words. It was kind of these little deposits. And this is just a curiosity amongst writers for me. I am not able to do that. If I'm going to, I've got to go down the rabbit hole. I can't do the little deposits yet. I know that works for some. You're amongst so many writers. Do you see that it's just different strokes or different folks or you get better? It really better? is. Really? Okay. It really is though. Though I think there's a common denominator with the people who, people like Stephen King, people like James Patterson, uh, they tend to be up early writing first thing in the morning, uh, I think uh, Stephen Pressfield is probably that way. My guess is Annie Dillard and Ann Patchett, some of our, our glorious female writers here in America, we're producing the best female writers in the world in this country right now. Uh, they all are, they're all disciplined. Toni Morrison is that way, um, sitting there with her yellow pad, doing everything longhand, which is just a miracle. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, somewhere in his career, early in his career, was sitting outside a cafe skipping work and watched a guy cross the street with a hard hat on and showed up at a construction site and he got convicted and said, that needs to be me. Hmm. You know, I don't, be, I don't make buildings, but I make comedy and I need to show up every day. So, you know, I, I think there's a common denominator there. Uh, and and I, I've certainly subscribed to that. So I try to get my writing done in the morning. The, 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 the interesting thing is I run a company, but, uh, if I, if I don't get my writing done in the morning, I really can't be fully present in meetings and podcast interviews. But this morning I got, you know, I had a great day. 2000 words is a great morning, uh, fairly rare. Uh, and so the whole rest of the day, I'm carefree and walking the dogs and having great conversations and being present in the moment. But I guarantee you, if it would have been a dud of a morning and I'd had a glass of whiskey net last night before bed, I'd be going, Kevin, I don't have a lot of time here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, well, thank you. Thank you for that. You, know, you mentioned vices, and that's always an interesting one to me because I, I, um, I, I got to have them. Uh, I enjoy I'm, – I'm cranky if I don't have vices, but I've learned to upgrade uh, my vices. <laughs> so instead of the you know, uh, slice or two of – cheesecake it's a handful of dark chocolate covered almonds or something like that the lesser yeah. lesser of evils so uh, what are some what are some vices that you still hold well i'm to? switching i haven't had ice cream in a long time mm. uh i switched to yogurt and uh a little granola and a handful of raisins and that does it yeah uh for me uh those are vices now here's a weird here's a weird thing to confess e everybody listening to your podcast is going to think i'm really weird okay i i eat mexican food almost every day <laughs> i absolutely love it uh i go to a mexican restaurant not every uh, every every weekday you know re mexican restaurant near the office and i'll get a couple enchiladas a big thing of guacamole uh a taco and some rice and beans and one of the reasons is there's no gluten mm -hmm. uh, i try to eat a whole avocado every day uh, and you know, er, that rice and beans are some of the most healthy things you can possibly eat. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that eating at a Mexican restaurant is healthy, but, it, but I would consider that a compromise in terms right. of a vice. It is comfort food without a lot of bread, without a lot of sugar, way too much fat, uh, and some good healthy fat in there too. Um, 
that's been an interesting routine, so much so that my wife and I actually wondered whether I have some sort of single uh, obsessive compulsive disorder around tacos. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I like, well, it's just, it's an interesting, you know, I think that we are as humans driven by our appetites and I see people try, are, yeah. trying to stop that. And I think I, I don't, I don't see success with stopping the appetites, but we can elevate them. Uh, That's a great way to say it. I like that better than even replace. Okay. Okay. Because definitely a little bowl of yogurt is an elevation on, uh, on, a, a donut microwaved with a scoop of ice cream on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I appreciate it when my indulgence is, is a, something that mo- a lot of people would say that's their healthy food. Uh, yeah, there you go. So I feel good. I feel good about myself uh, with that one. You are listening to The Ziegler Show in this Habits episode with Donald Miller. Next, I ask Don what his most challenging healthy habits are, and he readily divulges them. Here are some great resources, then we'll jump right back into it with Donald Miller. You know, when you look at just the the healthy habits and routines that you would want for yourself, what are the ones that you would say, man, this is the one that's most challenging, whether it's, you know, food or exercise or spiritual or relational, where do you say, man, that's, that's the one that I have to give the most focused, the most uh, affirmative action to, or I fail at the most either way. Yeah. Well, they're both the same. The two things that I fail at the most are the things that I need to work on the most and, and will, uh, one is meditation. I, I do have a morning ritual where I read my life plan. And my life plan consists of my obituary, my 10-year, five-year, one-year plan, my goal-setting worksheet, and then I fill out a day planner page. All of those things I actually created for myself. Uh, I do. There's a, a course I have called Hero on a Mission, and I teach that to other people. I just released that a couple months ago. Um, but that's a very centering exercise for me. Uh, I do it three to five times a week. Uh, but I think I do it a little too quickly and I'd like for that to become a more reflective meditative experience. The other thing for me, Kevin has always been food. You know, I am at two fifteen right now. I should probably weigh one ninety. I'm six foot tall. Um, I used to weigh 387 pounds. That was the highest I've ever weighed. Wow. So I have had uh, either a psychological addiction to uh, binge eating. Uh, That to me is now unrecognizable uh, because it's not there anymore. Uh, But at the same time, you know, uh, food feels still, even though I've lost all that weight, food still feels like uh, uh, some sort of thing I have to manage where if I look at my wife's life, she's she's not managing food. She gets hungry. She's out of energy. She figures out what's in the fridge. And I'm like, you know, I, I you know, I can tell you what I'm going to eat for the next seven meals. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. And and so that's to me, that's something that um, I, I really believe. Well, first of all, it's 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 90 percent better, obviously, when you lose almost 200 pounds, at least 100, 150, 160 pounds, whatever that is. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I would love perfection. Right. I'd love to. I'd love to enjoy taking care of my body and eating healthy uh, and getting a great amount of exercise as much as I enjoy eating food that may be more comfort food. I'd love to somehow elevate, as you would say, uh, those habits. So that's something I'll work on. Oh, I appreciate you saying it that way, that you have to manage that uh, physical. Yeah, that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like management. It doesn't feel like it no longer feels like a battle. Yeah. But it's not, it used to feel like a war, but it's not a joy. Like, 
but it's, nah, it's, it's not, something I manage. Well, and I, I just like that. I often take aim at this aspect in personal development of overcoming. You got to overcome the fear. You got to overcome that. And I find, at least for myself, that a lot of those things, like you talking about with food, Okay, I'll say that I overcame it, but I didn't. I didn't do that by eradicating it. It's still there. Right. I just learned how to manage my dysfunction. Uh, if, if if so, like in That's the right. in the first show that we recorded together, man, finances. I don't have joy in that. I found some peace and and I'm able to manage it, but I don't enjoy that. My exercise, it's play. I, mean, I love that. I've been a lifetime athlete, and man, get me out on the bike and the trails, and it's just. It's just absolute play and it's helping me. You know, I love that. I wish finances was like that. It's not. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. expect that it ever will be, but I'm managing, as you said, to get yeah. the result that I want. Yeah. You know, I, you know, if you were having a conversation with a person, which person would you trust more? A person who says, I am not selfish or a person who says, uh, I manage my selfishness uh, in order to, to be with people and be present. I, I trust the second person all day long. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, because I don't because yeah. I, I don't believe the first. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think uh, I, I, that's how I, I think about with food. I, I manage my relationship with food. That I, uh, you know, I, I, I love life. I love it. I, I really I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to leave the planet. I love my wife. I love our home. Our baby's coming. Uh, I really love it. There's only one thing that I'm not going to miss, and it's food, relationship with food and managing food. I'm like, Jesus, take that from me yeah. and uh, I'll stay here forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you're, anyway, we talked about in show uh, 861, we went through business made simple. And in that, uh, you obviously go through a lot of the attributes and you go through habits, but I'll just put that to you. I mean, where you're at in your business now, well, where you're at now or what's helped you get there, you know, throw out some, yeah, a top three, whatever of for you, for Donald, for Don Miller, you know, your business habits that you are top tier for you. Like these are, these are paramount habits. I mean, you, I'm sure you've got, you know, 20 habits, 50 habits in your business, but man, these are what enable you to do what you uniquely do. Yeah. It's wake up every day and know what three things you need to work on. Uh, you're going to wake up most days and uh, have 27 things you've got to do. Uh, you can really, a, a human brain is really pretty much capable of only focusing on three priorities. So even in, in the planner page that I fill out, and you can get that planner page, by the way, free. It's at heroonamission.com. It's free. I, I don't ask for anything. Uh, but you'll find when you download that planner page, just download it, print off a bunch of copies, three hole punch it, put it in a binder. You got a planner for life. Sweet. The, what, there's three places to put your primary tasks. And then I literally call the rest of your tasks secondary. Because the brain really has trouble knowing what's more important, you writing the book or you picking up your dry cleaning. Yeah. So unless you sit down and figure out the important things from the unimportant things, you'll, you'll spend your day doing unimportant things. You know, if you walk through my garage right now, Betsy and I moved in this house about eight months ago. My garage is messy. And some people would say, you know, you can tell a lot about a man by how messy his garage is. But you know what you can tell about me? You can tell that my, my garage is not the priority. Writing a book is a priority. So right now I've got a book. It's number 36 on Amazon. It's sold 30,000 copies in the last five days. And you know why? 
because I didn't clean my garage. Yeah, that's why. Abe, get, good on you for that, man. I, you just come. My confirmation bias is loving you. Thank you. Well, the, the other thing is, I think I just recorded something that about fifty thousand men are going to play for their wives. <laughs> uh, Total, dude. My barn. I, I have gotten to the place of I enjoy. I go in there. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It's an absolute mess, and I turn around and walk away, and I love it. I there you it. go. Now it's there when I get back. I know, but that's just my personal stick. And I'm, I'm great. To me, it shows work well done, you know? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, uh, on the, when you, to talk to, I'm going to come back a little bit to our first conversation and, uh, and have us end here. When you look at people hearing your message, a, a business made simple, who want to be that value driven professional I don't want to put a number to it, but again, if you had to list top habits, you want to be, if you want to become a value driven professional, here's the top habits that you would throw out to them. Well, there, there's a couple days in the book that I focus on these things because it's 60 daily entries, 60 different focuses. Uh, the, the two that I would pick out and say, if you only had two, um, the first is a growth mindset. In other words, don't believe that you're a fixed human being. You're actually transformed. So never say I'm bad at math. Say I choose to be bad at math because I haven't studied it yet. I could actually be quite great at math. That's a growth mindset. It's somebody who believes they can grow and change if they want to. Uh, the second is a strong bias toward action. Mm -hmm. uh, don't get lost in your thoughts and your daydreams. I, I do believe in meditation. I believe in planning, but we can't plan forever. We got to move. Uh, we have to make things happen. And you and I probably have a similar experience. I won't name any names, uh, but I've met very, very successful people who I didn't think were very intelligent. Mm -hmm. They just weren't. I mean, you sit there and go, this, this person couldn't think their way out of a wet paper bag. Why were they successful? Why am I flying around in their private jet? Because they have a strong bias toward action. Mm -hmm. While the smart people are sitting around thinking about it, they're out there doing it. And uh, those are the two characteristics. If you could only have two out of those 60, those are the two I'd say, get these. Don, I, I was really, I have a specific uh, experience with that, really humbled by a guy who, of course, I wouldn't name, who I just did not think that highly of. Um, I, I was almost, I was not, I did not have a kind mindset towards this guy. And yet he achieved some things. And it just yeah. it forced me to look at it and go, oh my gosh, he, I am so self-aware that I discount myself. And I think a lot of self, you know, self-aware yeah, yeah, intelligent yeah. people are the first to discount themselves. Cause they can see all the, you know, you can poke the holes and everything. See all their flaws. Yeah. And here's this guy. He doesn't know any, any better than to know he can't do that. And so he just went and did it and <laughs> son of a gun. Right. So, uh, I, I appreciate that. Now you mentioned growth mindset and I know you mentioned it in the book, but for people who hear, heard that, uh, the book mindset by Carol Dweck, is, uh, I mean, she, she is the growth mindset, I think, avatar. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I basically uh, credit her in that entry and talk about what she, how she defines a growth mindset. Yeah. She's one person that I have never been able to find a contact for. I should ask you that. You know, I actually, I actually did contact her and hired one of her facilitators to come spend a day with my company. We all took a day off and sat with one of her facilitators and learned about growth mindset. And it was really some of the best money I've ever spent. I just wanted to get her on a show and the only contact, I mean, I, I pride myself in my golden Rolodex and knowing people and <laughs> I just couldn't get through to her. I found some Stanford address or something and never got a response. So 
I may hit you up for uh, for that. Yeah, there you go. I'm such a fan of her book, man. Thank you for giving us a, a behind the scenes uh, to what makes you tick. I obviously resonate with a lot of it, but uh, I, thanks for being thanks for being a normal human who does abnormal things. Because I'm a grateful uh, recipient of your art. So thanks, Don. My pleasure. Honored to be with you. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you didn't catch episode 861, where I talked with Don about his latest book and platform, Business Made Simple, I highly encourage you to check it out. But I also, again, I'm a massive fan of all his work. His memoirs are intriguing, entertaining, life-changing. A million miles in a thousand years will always be top shelf in my life with Scary Close, his other book right next to it, one of his other books. Uh, But just really encourage you to check them all out. A reminder, Don invited us to visit HeroOnAMission.com where he provides a life plan and daily planner course. Coming up in episode 864, I asked listeners, what foundational reasons keep you from completely falling down? What keeps you striving and from giving up? Great insight into what keeps people from just that, giving up. And you'll hear Tom Ziegler and I finding a primary thread of great interest. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.